Hi, this is Jim Martin, and this is my encouragement note, number 61. The list of five. First, this is why we are here. I served as the minister for a small church about an hour from Abilene, Texas. This was a farming community composed of acres and acres of peanuts. At the time, I was also in seminary at Abilene Christian University and was taking a class under Dr. Paul Faulkner. This was a counseling class, and I really looked forward to each class meeting. Dr. Faulkner had been a minister and now was a professor and a marriage and family therapist. He loved ministers and loved the church. One day, I approached him after class with a problem. A young couple at church had asked me to preach a graveside service for their baby who had died. However, in doing so, I would miss a scheduled test. As I told him about the situation, his eyes became teary. And he said, this is why we are here. You can take the test another day. I never forgot that moment. This is why we are here. Maybe this is something you and I need to remember as we consider how we treat our spouse, our children, and our friends. This is why we are here. How do we speak to one another when we are at home with a spouse and or our, with our children? Do our words and tone convey that we value one another? Maybe we really need to remember why we are here. How do we treat one another within our congregations? Are we loving and gracious? And do we give one another the benefit of the doubt? Maybe we need to remember why we are here. How do we behave when no one is looking? Are we more concerned about our character or the image we would like to project? And do we live holy lives? Do we live a life worth imitating? Maybe we need to remember why we are here. I remember that moment with Dr. Faulkner. He provided clarity. Decades later, I have not forgotten his words. This is why we are here. Perhaps one of the best things we can do as we begin a new week is to make sure our behavior is an accurate reflection of our purpose. And I want to remember why we are here. Next, the hand of the Lord can give you stability. You're walking into a room and stumble. Perhaps you've been walking on a tile floor and the room you've just entered is carpeted. Your foot catches on the carpet and you stumble in front of everyone. For a moment, you feel silly. Sometimes when we stumble in life, we might feel silly, frustrated, or even discouraged. For example, a young mother feels overcommitted and yet doesn't know how to change the pace of her life. A person in his late 70s feels as if he no longer has a place. As someone said to me, I'm not sure others even want to hear what I'm thinking or the exhausted minister is not sure he has the stamina, energy, or desire to continue serving the congregation in that particular role. Or a woman has put so much effort into her marriage 
and yet her effort seems to be met with apathy by her husband. Feeling defeated, she says, What's the use? Does any of this sound familiar to you? I love these words from Ezra 7, verses 27 through 28. Praise be to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, who has put it into the king's heart to bring honor to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem in this way, and who has extended his good favor to me before the king and his advisors and all the king's powerful officials. Because the hand of the Lord, my God, was on me, I took courage and gathered leaders from Israel to go up with me. The Lord's presence can give you and me the courage to move forward. Courage is not about finally mustering up the gumption to move ahead. Rather, it's about recognizing that God is with you as you take the next right step in your life. His hand is on you as you do what is right in your marriage, with your children, in your work, and in your congregation. Navigating life is not totally dependent on you. His hand is on you and will steady you and he will enable you. And finally, a, a prayer for anyone who might be discouraged. And this is from the Book of Common Prayer. O God Almighty and merciful, you heal the brokenhearted and turn the sadness of the sorrowful to joy. Let your fatherly goodness be upon all whom you have made. Remember in pity all those who are his, de who are his day destitute, homeless, elderly, infirm or forgotten. Bless the multitude of your poor. Lift up those who are cast down. Mightily befriend innocent sufferers and sanctify to them the endurance of their wrongs. Cheer with hope all those who are discouraged and downcast, and by your heavenly grace persevere from falling those whose poverty tempts them to sin. Though they be troubled on every side, suffer them not to be distressed. Though they are perplexed, save them from despair. Grant this, O Lord, for the love of him who for our sakes became poor, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And next, trust God, period. A number of you mentioned to me how much you appreciated the Ernie Johnson video in encouragement note number 60. Ernie Johnson is the longtime host of Inside the NBA. I want to include one more video. These nine minutes of self-reflection are inspiring. You may find this helpful as you reflect on the condition and direction of your own life. And I want to encourage you to watch that video. Finally, these are some street smarts, especially for ministers and church leaders. This is part one of two. Number one, are you serving a congregation as a minister or a leader in some way? Know that you are dear to Jesus. Even if no one else acknowledges the worth and value of your ministry, Jesus does. You and your ministry matter. Number two, 
A minister may have a sterling theological education and exceptional ministry gifts. This person may be networked, knowing many people perceived to be important. However, there is nothing more important than staying needy before the Lord, recognizing our absolute dependence on Him. Three, as a minister in a very hard church situation, I ask, how do I keep doing this? The good news, God will provide. His powerful indwelling presence will enable and empower you to serve through hard times. And if you serve a church long enough, you will know hard times. Four, preaching doesn't have to be loud, demonstrative, or theatrical. However, there must be something that demonstrates that in some way you have a fire in your belly. In some way, you are preaching as if this is critical for others to hear. No cavalier attitude, but passion. Number five, some of the calmest people I know are under great pressure. Yes, ministry can be hard. However, these people tend to have a deep reliance on God. They are also able to navigate in anxious, troubled waters without taking on the anxiety of others. They manage themselves. I want to encourage you to look at the reading and listening resources in this encouragement note, number 61. I'd love to hear what was especially helpful to you in this particular encouragement note. You can write me at jmartin9669 at gmail.com. Hope you have a great week.